Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Wyoming. I'm your host, Mark Hamilton, and today we'll be looking at our weather. And boy, it's been hot here in Wyoming. And we'll go into sports. We'll talk a little bit about the Cowboys, a little high school. We'll talk a little hunting and fishing. And today we'll also look at the origins of the bucking horse. So glad you hopped on board today. Hope you enjoy the show. at the weather here on the seventh day of September. Boy, our weather has been hot. We've had a hot spell here in Wyoming. It's been miserable. Actually, a lot of hot temperatures, a lot of wind, a lot of red flag warnings everywhere. Just a kinder box out there. Just one wrong move and we can start some pretty extreme fires out in the area. Today on the seventh, I think we're supposed to reach a temperature of about 103 We've got a lot of wind blowing out there right now, which is having an impact on us all around. But then on the weekend, I see some temperatures that we could cool down. Even in the mountain areas, you might see a little snow in some of those areas. So that fall is this hanging uh, right around the corner when we start seeing these temperatures drops. But I think right now what we really need is some pre-moisture, a little bit of rain or such before the snow start hitting. And you need that subsoil moisture going into winter. But it's definitely been warm, and uh, looks like it's going to stay warm for a couple days, and we might have a little bit of a change. So the forecast next week is for temperatures maybe to moderate down into the 80s, and we'll slowly but surely start that trend to Wyoming fall. Taking a look at Wyoming sports, over the weekend got a chance to go down and take in the Wyoming Cowboys football that they took on the Tulsa Golden Hurricanes in Laramie. Had an outstanding trip down to Laramie. Drove down that morning. The game started at 1.30. Got into Laramie in enough time to go to our favorite, my wife and I's favorite, Corona Village in Laramie. Had to take in a great, great meal there at Corona Village. I always get amazed at that place. Is the job they do, the meal they provide, and the place is always just spotless. The help is very friendly. Just an enjoyable meal to go to Corona Village. So on to the football. We ended up at the football game, stopped by the bookstore, always go up to the campus and go to the bookstore, check out some cowboy bling up there. It amazes me on the university campus, they're slowly but surely just keep building and building to the north. They are just engulfing the area. The amount of of new buildings that they put up the university has just absolutely amazing to me. Got to the ball game. They were handing out bobbleheads for Dave Walsh and Kevin McKinney for their 25 years of broadcasting together. Dave Walsh is retired this year, so they were giving those up, got hands on those items. They were rather unique, a collector's item for everybody. And again, uh, thanks to Dave Walsh for all his broadcasting he's done for 25 years, and he's been the voice of the Cowboys for a long time. Ball game was just absolutely outstanding. Again, Tulsa came in. That was their first game. Cowboys opened up the previous week against the University of Illinois in the zero-week game. It was a just a beautiful day in Laramie. It was kind of an oddity. It was 83 degrees at kickoff and not a cloud in the sky. So people are familiar with Laramie. You're at 7,220 feet. And when you've got a day like that, it is hot and you definitely will burn. So you have to make sure you're bundled up a lot of sunscreen or you're going to have some pretty good sunburn at that situation. We were on the west side of the stadium. 
and we were starting off a little bit in the sun about halfway through that first quarter into the first quarter we ended up in the shade but it was absolutely gorgeous day in laramie the game was outstanding the cowboys came in a little bit concerned or they'd lost the previous week and how well they performed they came out and they scored right off the bat on a block punt they turned around and played this outstanding game just a a great college game. Tulsa came in. They do have a good ball club. They have a great coach and throw the ball well. Cowboys hung with them. Tulsa get a little bit of lead and you think maybe they were going to run away with the game. Cowboys stayed around. It's kind of strange. Cowboys had two long passes for touchdown, which are not a norm for our Wyoming Cowboys. And they battled throughout the game. And late, they had a chance. John Hoyland, our place kicker, had a chance to win the game. They're late, late in the fourth quarter. He had already hit a 55-yard field goal, and then he tried this field goal. I think there were seven seconds left on the clock, if I remember exactly. And he hit the right upright just an inch inside. It had been over. And guess what? We're going to go to overtime. Cowboys in overtime. A little concerned how they would do. And they ended up in the first overtime. Both teams got field goals. Second overtime, Cowboys got a field goal. Cowboys held. Also had to kick a field goal, and lo and behold... Their kicker hit the uh, missed his field goal, and the Cowboys came out with the 40 to 37 win. So what a victory for the Cowboys! Again, our Wyoming fans were all always optimistic about our Cowboys. It has been a long time since we've had you know those type of games are always fun to to be involved in. We're always behind our Cowboys no matter what. That's just how we are. We're pretty loyal here in the state of Wyoming. Cowboys have a tough schedule ahead. I know they have a game with BYU. It is scheduled for later on in the season in Provo. For all you Cowboy fans out there that BYU haven't played them for a long time. They are part of one of our nemesis in the WAC conference some years ago. All those Wyoming BYU games were always, always unbelievable. And BYU actually was a team that for, for you history buffs for Wyoming Cowboys that were involved with the Black 14 situation we had with the Cowboys when when Coach Eaton suspended those 14 players that wanted to protest, the Cowboys actually at that time were looking like a top 10 team. They had an outstanding team that year in the previous year. And then coming to that year, they were just, what a team they had of players. Uh, they had some pro players that ended up in, the, in playing pro ball on that team. Uh, they were suspended. The, the season slowly but surely fell apart. But BYU's always been part of uh, Wyoming's past, so that should be an interesting game. And there's just some, again, there's games ahead. Cowboys play this uh, Saturday as they take on Northern Colorado in a game at War Memorial. They are from Greeley, Colorado, is where Northern Colorado University is. They're out of the Big Sky Conference. Should be another exciting Saturday of Cowboy football. Also on our, after the game, we headed home. It was a beautiful evening to travel. Coming back home near Casper, out in the middle of nowhere. I was I was driving just a little bit tired and ahead. It wasn't dark yet. It was still daylight, just at at dusk, and I could see the silhouette along the road. And I thought my mind was telling me that is a moose. That there's no way there could be a moose out here. And sure enough, there was a moose alongside the road. Slowed down the old big old bull moose. He turned around, and as we slowed down to take his picture, he turned around and and walked over the top of the bob wire fence along the right of way. And off he went. So he definitely was maybe lost, maybe on a walkabout. 
but it was kind of a strange sight to see. So always great to see Wyoming wildlife and especially uh, bull moose out in, in that uh, country is uh, definitely a treat. Talking about hunting and such coming up, bow hunting is in full swing right now. Everybody's out and trying their luck at bow hunting. It's that time of year. We get into September. Always tough right now for these hunters with these temperatures are an issue. But again, rifle season is coming up about later on in the month and into October, the rest of October into November, depending on the area and the seasons involved. Right now, the Game and Fish has got some projections for some positive numbers out there, potential for some good hunts. So again, that's just part of Wyoming hunting and fishing. It's an outstanding uh, ventures that you can have out there. On that fishing side, I want to just expand a little bit. I want to talk about last week going fishing on the Gray Reef. I like to take my hat off to the Gray Reef Lodge. They provided the one on the trip that they had. Uh, my guide, Brant, was just did an outstanding job. What a beautiful day out in the water. Just a gorgeous day out on the water. So definitely, if you're in the area... And looking for some place to fish in that Casper, Wyoming area, give the guys at Gray Reef a call and uh, they'll get you taken care of. Also, going into high school sports, our high school are in action. Our football season is full swing. Got to take in a Hermopolis Bobcat game last Friday night. Played him. The temperatures were just too darn warm for high school football. This is a strange sight this time of year. The feel of the, the heat that you had out there. It's pretty tough on the players, but all the seasons are in full swing right now as football is really starting to get into conference play. They start to uh, uh, be some interesting games out there. Volleyball is taking place, cross country and golf. So as I always say, get out and support your local schools. They do appreciate you being being there for the kids and uh, all the hard work those kids do. They love the fans in the stands. Since we've been talking about the Wyoming Cowboys today, I thought it's about time to break out this story from Rebecca Hine from wyominghistory.org on the Wyoming's long-lived bucking horse. Wyoming's well-known bucking horse and rider logo has changed many times since soldiers first used it on airplanes, arms, and equipment in World War I France. Nor were all its versions modeled on the same real-life originals. At least three real-life horses and riders were associated with the logo as it evolved from its first appearance in 1918 until 1936 when the state appropriated the image for license plates and as time went on for other purposes as well. World War I veteran George N. Ostrom is credited with originating the emblem as a symbol of Wyoming when he was stationed in Bordeaux, France in 1918. Ostrom admired his horse, Red Wing, so much that he smuggled him from Sheridan, Wyoming, all the way to France. When his commanding officers announced a contest for an emblem to represent individual regiments, Ostrom painted a picture of a drumhead of Red Wing bucking with a cowboy on his back. The design won the contest and was painted on the various types of gear and equipment, including Renault tractors for hauling guns, white brand trucks, road signs, and even lapel buttons. In about 1921, the University of Wyoming Athletic Department developed a bucking horse and rider insignia for its uniforms. This image was apparently not connected to Ostrom's. Instead, its inspiration was Steamboat, a black gelding with three white stockings. He was named for the whistling sound of his breath caused by his broken nose. Steamboat had a reputation for a wicked pilot bucking. 
swapping ends and twisting by kicking his forefeet and hind legs in two different directions. He was also known for his sun fishing, in which a horse launches itself swiveling on a horizontal axis, aiming his belly away from the ground. Apparently, he also bucked when mounted, often land stiff-legged and had unusual stamina. More than one cowboy called him a true outlaw. Very few rode him to a standstill. The familiar logo that now appears everywhere in Wyoming began with Secretary of State Lester Hunt in 1935 when automobile license plates were standardized and the legislature directed Hunt to develop a unique design. Hunt selected a drawing by Alan True of Denver who had painted the murals in the Wyoming House and Senate chamber nearly two decades earlier. In 1936, the logo was stamped on all license plates. It has been used ever since. In 1918, were there two bucking horse designs and designers or one? Wyoming resident Dewey H. Jones served in the U.S. Army Air Force in World War I and claimed full credit for the bucking Bronco stenciled on an airplane. Jones's logo is so different from Ostrom's that nobody could mistake one for another. Although both showed four legs, Jones's horse is kicking his hind legs high into the air, while Ostrom's horse is hunching his back, and all four feet are close together under his body. In addition, all the known World War I use and spinoffs are modeled on Ostrom's design, except one airplane in an updated photo showing the logo Jones claimed was his own. After Alan True's design became the official license plate logo, it started quite a controversy among the returning soldiers. Ostrom told Robert Helvey in a May 21, 1958 interview in Bighorn, Wyoming. This interview is on file at the American Heritage Center at the University of Wyoming. I began to get big mail, Ostrom continued, stating that the state had stolen our bucking bronco. Ostrom asked Hunt sometimes later to give that bronco to the state of Wyoming in title and dedicated it in the shape of a memorial through the legislature in memory of the Wyoming troops that had served in World War I. This he said he definitely would not do. He had a copyright on my Bronco. It was his and he could do what he pleased with it. Since True and Ostrom's designs differ, Ostrom could only have meant that Hunt took the idea, not the literal image. True's design, unlike Ostrom's, showed only three of the horse's legs. In addition, the back of True's horse is not hunched. Both cowboys are waving their hats, but their arms are at different angles. In a 1953 letter to Lola M. Homshire, Wyoming State Archivist, Hunt wrote that his idea was entirely original. Hunt personally held the copyright for the license plate logo. In 1942, near the end of his second term as Secretary of State, just before he became governor, he transferred it to the state of Wyoming, he wrote. Ostrom's account, however, implies that Hunt held the copyright longer than this and that Hunt relinquished it to the state under pressure from Ostrom as he approached his second term as governor. Apparently, nobody has ever contested Red Wing as a model or an inspiration for Ostrom's design. The writer is likely anonymous. Equally, Steamboat has always been associated with the University of Wyoming insignia especially the earliest versions. More than one cowboy has been mentioned as the rider, but, but most sources agree that both horse and rider were first modeled after a well-known photo of Guy Hoyt riding steamboat at the Albany County Fair in 1903. The identity of the license plate horse and rider are less clear, but not because the historical record is ambiguous. Hunt stated that the horse was no particular horse, 
but that the writer was inspired by Lander Cowboy and rodeo stunt writer Albert Stubb Farlow. Hunt, also from Lander, knew Farlow and admired his ability. Because Farlow's name is connected with a license plate logo, Dead Man, a bucking horse he rode at least once, is sometimes also associated with a logo, but there is no other basis for this. Steamboat, more than either Red Wing or Dead Man, seems to have been captured the imagination of many Wyoming residents because he was stubborn, contrary, and energetic. Many feel that he represented the spirit of Wyoming. Therefore, although the historical record shows that only the past and present University of Wyoming bucking horse icon was inspired by Steamboat, many people associated the license plate logo with him as well. In turn, that logo, having superseded Ostrom and other early design is used almost exclusively to represent and advertise Wyoming. Therefore, by force of public perception, Steamboat has become the bucking horse symbol of Wyoming. Possibly during World War I, but more likely after, unofficial shoulder sleeve insignias appeared with Ostrom's design. It's also stenciled onto helmets, but perhaps not during the war. In 1941, the Wyoming Army National Guard's 41st Military Police Company at Fort Lewis in Washington State used the same logo or a close proximity of it on a sign. Ten years later, the 300th Armored Field Artillery Battalion, the Cowboy Cannoneers, Wyoming's Army National Guard, took a Wyoming Highway Department entering Wyoming road sign with them to Korea. This sign has the license plate logo on it, and since then, Wyoming National Guard units have carried a similar sign when deployed to many major military operations. Deidre M. Foster, state public officer for the Wyoming Military Department, notes that every Wyoming Army National Guard unit that has deployed since September 11, 2001 has taken on entering Wyoming highway sign with them. The signs are created in-house to replicate the one from Korea. In addition, this logo has been stenciled onto National Guard buildings, restored airplanes, and other equipment. Retired Colonel Larry D. Bartlebort, military historian, expert on the military use of the logo, reports two episodes in which True's design was depicted with four legs. In 1953, when Acting Governor Clifford Joy Doc Rogers found the logo being stenciled onto a Wyoming Air National Guard F-80 fighter plane, he objected. So the graphic artist added another leg, thus creating an unofficial logo not owned by the state. In 1986 painting, Cowboy Artillery at Soyang, artist Mort Kusler depicted a famous battle in Korea, mistakenly showing a four-legged horse on a sign, a helmet, and an M7 105mm self-propelled howitzer. It is unknown whether the artist was responsible for the mistake or was wrongly advertised. More surprisingly and potentially confusing yet, in the 1970s, George Ostrom used a horse and rider logo that resembles the modern version much more than it does his own. Ostrom was a guest speaker at a graduation ceremony for non-commissioned officers at the Wyoming National Guard Camp in Guernsey at their Joint Training Center in Platte County, Wyoming. Right after World War I, German manufacturers began producing humidor, cigar containers, and beer steins with Ostrom's design on them. According to Battleport, this was the first commercial use of a Wyoming bucking horse and rider logo. Lester Hunt discovered that many people outside of Wyoming wanted the license plate logo. 
When the plate was first issued, Highway Patrolman in California reported a high incidence of plates stolen from Wyoming cars. Residents of Montana wrote to Hunt asking to purchase a set of plates. That familiar version took over and has become a souvenir as well as an official state-owned image, indelibly associated with Wyoming. The Secretary of State still administers the logo. Some Chamber of Commerce web pages display the logo. The University of Wyoming uses it on its letterhead, envelope, web pages, and athletic equipment. The Wyoming State Quarter has it, and the Wyoming Centennial Commission chose it as its official logo. In the spirit of imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. The Tate Geological Museum at Casper College displays a bucking Allosaurus on its newsletter. Compete with a rider waving a cowboy hat. At least four bucking horses and rider sculptures are currently on display in Wyoming. On the University of Wyoming campus in Laramie, Chris Navarro's Wyoming Cowboys is at the entrance of the Marion H. Rochelle Gateway Center. Also by Navarro, Cowboy Tough, two full-size originals, one in the Rochelle Athletic Center and the other in War Memorial Stadium. And Peter Phillips fanning a twister featuring Steamboat north of War Memorial Stadium. In Cheyenne, the Spirit of Wyoming by Edward J. Froughton is on the Capitol ground. On June 1, 1973, Governor Stanley Hathaway issued a commendation to George Ostrom, crediting him with the first known use of the bucking horse as an insignia. The governor's commendation includes, The Wyoming bucking horse is dedicated to all veterans of the state. So after 37 years, Ostrom achieved his goal to be officially recognized and for the logo to be associated with Wyoming servicemen. Still, public imagination has proven stronger. Ostrom's logo appears only in old photographs and on World War memorabilia, while the license plate logo has become the best known. And due at least in part to nostalgia for Wyoming early history, most people feel that this logo glorifies the spirit of the cowboy and the grit it took him to ride that memorable bucker steamboat. What an outstanding story about a symbol of Wyoming that is recognized worldwide. Steamboat definitely is the brand that makes our state what it is today. Right on, Steamboat. Let her rip. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today, and we hope you enjoyed our show. As per the Code of the West, we ride for the brand, and we ride for Wyoming here at Let's Talk Wyoming, your everything Wyoming podcast. 